Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. Okay, welcome back to the Everyday Conversion Podcast, episode 14 of season two. You can get everything we talk about today at everydayconversion.com forward slash B-O-M one for BOM 14. And today was another one of those days where my study did not go where I expected it to. Uh, I was studying chapter 11 of first Nephi and I only got through the first verse. (laughs) And it was a longer study than it usually is. Um, but there was a reason for that. And the reason is I, I was I was reading through, I was starting to read, you know, my family and I read the entire chapter yesterday, but I was reading through and I have some notes in my scriptures. And in, in verse one, uh, you know, Nephi is basically pre-framing this, this vision he has. And I had written in my scriptures before um, that first Nephi, first Nephi 11, one has the four, key, has four keys to receiving revelation. Um, and those four keys are desire, faith, pondering, and living righteously. And you can find these. Uh, desire is, uh, for it came to pass, that after I had desired to know these things. And then faith is that my father had seen. And believing that they were able, that the Lord was able to make them known unto me. And then, number three, pondering. As I sat pondering in my heart. Number four, I was caught away in the spirit of the Lord, which is uh, living righteously. He was living in a manner that the spirit of the Lord could be with him. And then what I read was the end of that, where it says, Yea, into an exceedingly high mountain, which I had never, I never had before seen, and upon which I had never before set my foot. And I had made a note in my scriptures before that Nephi is taken to a place where he'd never been and he'd never seen it. And the analogy that I got from that or the symbolism is that revelation is knowledge beyond anything we can get through our natural channels. It's not something we can go to or we can see naturally. We have to be taken there by the spirit. Revelation takes us and gives us inspiration and guidance and knowledge that we can get in no other way. There's no other way that we can get it. And as we were talking last night, as a family, as we were reading through this, we were talking about the fact that a lot of times um, the, uh, a high mountain is symbolic of, of communing with God and, and being close to God. And, and it's, it's similar. And the temple is called the mountain of the Lord. And so then I asked myself, and this is where my, my study, I guess, went off track, but didn't really, because this is what I felt prompted to study. Um, it, it, this is where my study left first Nephi 11. 
because I started asking myself, okay, so we talk about how mountains and temples are similar, but what are the actual characteristics that they have in common? You know, what are the things that both of them have in common? So I started thinking about it, and these are the things I came up with. Uh, they're both higher ground. They're they're separate from the world as a whole. You know, mountains are obviously higher, and they're apart from the rest of the world. Temples, similarly, uh, they're apart from the rest of the world. It's a separate place. It's set apart from the world. And, you know, a lot of times uh, temples have steps leading up to them, um, which is symbolic of, of rising to a higher level. Not all the time, but, but many temples do. Um, uh, the next thing is it's closer to God in heaven. You know, obviously mountains are, are closer to the heavens, to the sky, um, and therefore closer to God symbolically. And temples are closer to God um, because of what happens there and because they are set apart and they're separate. Uh, there's solitude uh, in both places. It's there's not as many people, you know. If if you've ever been, you know, climbed a mountain or anything like that, you know that there's very few people. It's a place where you can think and ponder, and you can hear the spirit. Um, uh, the other thing I thought of is they're they're pure, they're undefiled. Uh, you know, when you when you climb a mountain, if you've you've ever went hiking or something, you go up to a mountain. The higher you get the less footprints there are, the less tracks there are, the less garbage there is, the less people there are. It's just more pure. And likewise in the temple, um, it's more pure in the temple uh, because it's, uh, because it's, it's higher. It's more difficult to get to, which lead us to the next one, um, which is that uh, you need to be qualified and prepare to get there. You know, I think about, uh, I, I watched a, a YouTube um a YouTube series that was really awesome. And I can't, I was like, I can't remember. It was something expedition. I can't remember, but it was like, they took these extreme athletes and they took uh, like YouTubers and all these different people. And they trained them to ascend. I think it's like the second highest peak in South America. And there was a lot of preparation that went into it and there was qualification. And, you know, they had the, they had to reach certain um, standards before they would be allowed to go up the mountain. They had to, um, to check off certain abilities to be able to go up the mountain. And even as they were ascending the mountain, if, if physically their bodies weren't responding well, they had to stop and they couldn't ascend the mountain. Um, and likewise, uh, you know, climbing any mountain, you know, you can't just decide tomorrow that you're going to climb Mount Everest. It just doesn't happen. You have to prepare and you have to be qualified to do so by that preparation. And the same is true of the, of the temple. Obviously you have to prepare to enter the temple and you have to qualify by receiving a temple recommend and living certain standards to enter the temple. And because of this, that is why it's pure. And that's why it's undefiled, because there's not as many people there. Um, it's harder to ascend to that because you have to prepare for it. And the final thing I thought of is that there's a better view from a mountain. You get up on top of a mountain, you can see a long ways and things look different. Um, and you can see an overview of uh, of the things that you're seeing. That's why, that's why we refer to, um, you know, big picture stuff is a 30,000 foot view because the higher you are, you see it differently and you can see more and you can see how things connect together. And the same is true of the temple. You know, when we're in the temple, we see things differently. We have a different view. And that made me think of, um, you know, the, the quote in Isaiah, in Isaiah 55, where the Lord says, um, in eight and nine, uh, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts 
than your thoughts. So the Lord says that that his ways are higher than ours and his thoughts are higher than ours. And what I realized as I was studying this is that by ascending closer to the heavens, either in a temple or in a mountain, we're raising our ways and our thoughts to be more closely aligned with heavenly fathers. You know, ancient prophets ascended to a mountain and it was symbolic of them raising their thoughts and their ways and their actions to be more aligned with heavenly fathers. And when you and I enter the temple, we are raising our ways and our thoughts to be more in line with heavenly fathers, to be more closely aligned with his and to draw as near to him as we can. And then I said, well, I want to I look in the, in the scriptures and, and find places where mountains are associated with temples, where mountains are associated with being closer to God or communing with God. And I made a whole list. Um, I looked up in the topical guide, mount and mountain. And I made an entire list. And most of them refer to that. There's some that don't. Um, and so I left those out. And uh, maybe I'll have, maybe I'll see if I can put these together into a doc that I can share with you. They're not right now. They're just in my scripture journal or my study journal. And it's about two pages uh, of these. But just to, I'll just highlight a couple of them. Uh, you know, Moses always went to the mountain to communicate with God every single time, you know, whether it was the you know, the burning bush, or it was uh, receiving the Ten Commandments, or it was communicating with God when he's leading Israel through wandering through the wilderness. He was always in the mountain. Um, the other, another one that I, I highlighted or pulled out from the rest of them is that Zion is often referred to as Mount Zion. And I thought about the fact that, you know, if you're pure in heart, you're closer to God, your ways are more closely aligned with God, which is probably why it's referred to as Mount Zion. Um, you know, several prophets are taken into a mountain to receive a vision or to commune with God. Um, you know, Elijah, Ezekiel, Moses, um, John, uh, Christ uh, goes into a mountain. Uh, the apostles are brought into a mountain for the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery are taken to a temple uh, for for their transfiguration experience and, and receiving keys. Um, John, I don't know if I said John, I think I might have went to a mountain. Nephi went to a mountain. The brother of Jared went to a mountain. Um, you know, it's, it's a very common thing for, for these prophets in, in the scriptures to go to a mountain in order to, um, to commune with God. Uh, a couple other ones that stuck out to me. This was interesting. And I don't know, this is maybe just my, my, um, personal opinion, but we always hear about the stone cut out of the mountain without hands that Daniel talks about in Daniel 2.45. And I thought about the fact that the stone is cut out of a mountain, and the stone is the gospel. It's the Latter-day Church, and the fact that it's brought out of a mountain, which is often symbolic of the temple. And thinking about the fact that the power of the Latter-day Church really is found in, in all the covenants and ordinances of the temple, but really in the ordinances and covenants found in the temple those sealing ordinances, the endowment, being endowed from on high, receiving power. Um, and I thought that was interesting, just that that analogy and, and and realizing that, you know, the stone cut out of the mountain, if the mountain is the temple, it's saying that, that the Latter-day Church derives its power and its influence from the covenants and ordinances of the temple. I thought that was an interesting one. Uh, another one that I thought was interesting uh, on the other side of things is uh, in Matthew 4, 8, 4, verse 8, Satan tries to imitate this experience by taking Christ to a mountain. You know, when he's tempting Christ, he's brought to a high mountain. He's brought to the pinnacle of the temple, a high place. And so it's almost like Satan's trying to imitate the temple experience. He's trying to imitate 
this this communing communing with God, um, because he understands that that's a, a correlation that is made. Of course, it doesn't work because the Savior recognizes and knows. But it's interesting that Satan tries to imitate that communing with God by going to a high place. Um, I think those are the big ones that really hit me. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, uh, two pages or so worth, but but there was a lot. Oh, the other one that, that I thought was interesting is I saw this phrase, I think, at least a couple of times, and it, it intrigued me, and it's something I'm going to have to study further. But in Zechariah 8.3... Um, it says the mountain of the Lord, the holy mountain. It uses that phrase. And I think there's two or three places that I saw that phrase. So that's a phrase that I'm going to study a little bit more. Uh, but I thought it was, it's an interesting phrase, the mountain of the Lord, the holy mountain. Um, and just that, that phrasing strikes me as interesting. So it's something I'm going to have to study a little bit further, but that part that took my entire study today. And, and I'll put those few that I, I pulled out specifically. Um, you know, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, Isaiah 4 through 5, or 4, verse 5, um, Daniel 2, 45, Zechariah 8, 3. Uh, those specifically I'll put in the in the show notes, but um, I'll see if I can maybe uh, create a, a, a quick PDF that has a link to all the ones that I listed and what I put next to them, um, what I noted about them. And uh and, and, and share that with you, um, in a future episode. And I'll put it in the show notes as soon as I get it. Um, if I decide to do that. Oh, there was one other one that I thought was interesting. Doctrine and Covenants 133, 13, it says flee to the mountains of the Lord's house and it's plural. And I thought that's interesting. Uh, you know, mountains being plural and the fact that we have 160 plus temples, well, operating temples. And I think what over 180 that are announced or something like that. And so the mountains of the Lord, I thought was interesting. Uh, interesting phraseology and just con- connecting that with the temple was cool. So um, yeah, man, not, not very much actually from, from the book of Mormon today, but that's one of the beauties I think of, of come follow me is this ability to take one single verse and then go off on your own and study something that you feel prompted to study and learn something that you feel prompted to learn. Um, and, and the value of being able to do that and of, uh, of being able to to follow follow those promptings and, and learn the things that, that are important to you in your life at that time. And I think studying this for me really helped me uh, re remember um, and be and, and recommit to the importance of the temple and and that that analogy of drawing closer to God and that we really are ascending um, closer to God as we as we enter the temple and as we partic- participate in the ordinances and the covenants that are found therein and, and how important those are and how throughout history, when prophets needed to commune with God, that's what they did. They ascended a mountain, whether they were taken there or they went there themselves, they ascended a mountain and us too in our lives. If we want to commune with God, if we want to be closer to God, if we want to hear his voice more clearly, we need to do the same, which means we need to be ascending to the the mountain of the Lord, which in our day is, is the temple is the temple of, the, of God. Um, and so that was really interesting to me and, and it was a good study for me. And like I said, I'll make sure that I'll try to get those. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get those put into a doc, a PDF. Um, and I'll put those in the show notes. It probably won't be today, uh, but in the next few days it'll be there. And I'll, I'll let you know in a future episode once those are there so that you can uh, download that if you'd like to and see uh, the notes I made for the scriptures that I found and, and utilize those if you would like for your own study. So you get everything we talked about today 
at everydayconversion.com forward slash B-O-M-14. That's B-O-M-1-4. And we will see you in the next episode. All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.